For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Episode number four of Believe in the Pac-12. Welcome, everybody. Ryan Leaf, Jonathan Rifkin with you for another edition previewing week three of Pac-12 football, a weekend that Ryan has been hyping up for our first three episodes. It's the all-important weekend where we can finally get a feel of what this conference is going to look like. Ryan, let's get right into it. A lot of big games coming into this weekend for the Pac-12. For you, for national perception-wise, what needs to happen for this league, and what games are you watching most specifically? Well, yeah, this this is the weekend that I've been, been looking at in terms of what the national narrative uh, and the conversation that looks there now, uh, there are going to be some big, big conference games down the line. But the conversation or argument stops at the door when I try to argue that the Pac-12 is a very competitive conference from top to bottom. They just cannibalize each other, and it's really fun and entertaining to watch. They just simply say, hey, well, who do you beat in the non-conference? Now, last week, we saw Colorado upend a top 25 team in the Power Five in Nebraska. I didn't necessarily believe Nebraska belonged there. They were a four and seven team a year ago. A lot of hype, you know, kind of similar to maybe the Cleveland Browns this offseason of, of what everybody was thinking <laughs> and hoping from that Scott Frost coach football team, and they didn't get it done in Boulder a week ago. So uh, this is the biggest weekend for the ter- in terms of what the national narrative looks like. I'm going to just give you a rundown of, I think, the most important ones, and we'll dive a little deeper into each one. As we go, but but Friday night, Washington State and Houston. Now, this is a group of five opponents. This isn't a power five opponent, but it's somebody that Washington State's going to go out and play on the national stage on ESPN on a Friday night. Uh, I will say this. uh, I am going to, I guess, uh, make a bit of a spoiler alert. You guys listening to this podcast right now, turn your TVs on Friday night. You are going to see some some Washington State uniforms that are on fire it i'm not going to tell you what they are but they are going to be legit fire friday night people when they open up against houston on espn uh we're going to see stanford at usc ucf now this one for me is another group of five ones but ucf over the last what two years and two games have lost one football game right they've considered themselves co-national champion this is huge huge stanford coming off a big loss now, another one for me that's interesting, Colorado and Air Force. Military academies are always difficult. They're coming off a big win. How will Mel Tucker, you know, rebound and play some there? USC at BYU. They grow that grass out there in Provo, slow down those speedsters outside, make it into a game. We'll see how they respond in week two under Keaton Slovis. And then another big one, this one's a power five opponent, Arizona State at Michigan State. Arizona State upset them a year ago at home. Now it's out, out, out in East Lansing. They did not look good against Sac State uh, this last Friday. Uh, 
And then we look into Hawaii at Washington. Hawaii's undefeated against the Pac-12 at this point. Oklahoma at UCLA. Oklahoma's a top 10 football program. UCLA may be a, may be a bottom 10 football program. And the last one is Texas Tech and Arizona. There are some power five opponents in the conversation this weekend. Uh, now, what games are realistic? What games need to happen? And what games would be most detrimental to this conference conference's national narrative if they were to lose the football games this weekend? That's the big question. Washington State losing to Houston would be detrimental, um, I think, in that situation. Look, Houston, like you said, watch that game, not only for the Washington State uniforms, because they are going to be fired, but there's going to be a lot of offense in this game. <laughs> Derek King is good. He's only passed for 306 yards, but he's working his way into that offense. They opened the season beating Prairie View, A&M, an FCS opponent. Then they lost last week. I think everybody expected them to lose to Oklahoma. I would hope that they lose to Oklahoma because there'd be a lot of doubts about Oklahoma otherwise. But they still put up 31 points against a very good Oklahoma defense. So Washington State's going to have to score the ball, but that's what they do best. I'm not too worried with Anthony Gordon under center. 60 for 74, 884. He's almost at 1,000 yards, and we're only two weeks into the season. That's insane. What's your take, by the way, on Anthony Gordon? Do you think he can lead this team? Uh, I don't know if to the promised land, per se, but at least to national prominence. No, he easily could lead this team to the promised land. I think he is, I think he is just as good as Gardner Minshew, if not riskier in that I mean he takes more chances more shots down the football field there were times uh, on Saturday while I was in Pullman and I and I was screaming don't throw it don't throw it don't throw it <laughs> and then great throw great throw great throw right. Anthony he just he takes some chances uh, the only problem I have with this Washington State football team is the brutal road schedule I think they're a better football team than they were a year ago from top to bottom that wide receiving crew is just absolutely deep as anything in this country and they're special max borgie special they lose stone on the defensive end, on the defensive side of football he got a targeting penalty in the second half they won't have him for the first half of the football game i think that could be a big big opening for houston to, to make it into a game and you're right they put 31 on a, on an alex grinch coach defense defense for oklahoma um you know this is you know student against teacher you know Dana Holgerson versus Mike Leach. Dana played for Mike Leach, then coached under him. He's taken everything he learned from Mike Leach and put it into to what he's done uh, while at West Virginia and now at Houston. So it, it's an intriguing matchup. It's an opportunity for Washington State, who I think is much better. They're getting some national attention. They're ranked number 20th, I think, this week in the AP poll, number 16 in in, in the RDL top 25. Um, I think they have every opportunity to show everybody who they are on a national stage and get ready to take on the Pac-12 conference because this will be big for them. They could be in a position a couple of weeks from now with some losses here by some other teams that are creeping towards the top 10. And uh, that makes them more of a problem when they go on the road later in the year against some of those quality opponents. But this game for me is going to be the most interesting. I'm going to try to jump over there. I'm at college station this weekend. We don't call our game until Saturday night. So Friday night, Houston and College Station are about an hour apart. I'm going to try to try to jump down to Houston and, and catch the Cougs uh, against the Cougs on Friday night. <laughs> yeah, a little friendly fire there. We'll see which Cougars can pull it out. Uh, moving on, so the early game, ABC at 12. I guess it's not the early game. Colorado Air Force is the early game, but the second early game uh, is USC-BYU, and I think this is an important one. Is Keaton Slovis who we thought he was after the Stanford game? Southern California is buzzing. I mean, I think you just got back here, Ryan, 
But, I mean, everybody in the area is talking about Keaton Slovis. He's the name to beat right now in this area with UCLA being so bad. Um, but BYU can play spoiler. They're very prone to doing that. We saw it against Wisconsin last year. Um, and this is another situation for them where they grow him big in Provo. Their front seven's always good. Um, and they're going to force him to have to throw the ball and make big plays. And if he doesn't play the way he did against Stanford, uh, BYU could eke this one out, especially at home. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always interesting to have to travel to, to BYU. And, and, and I want to see how he responds uh, in, in terms of, uh, of, of playing that big game against Stanford, going on the road. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not ready to anoint them yet. They're, like I said uh, before, you know, in four weeks, they could be a three and three ball club right. with what, what's ahead of them. So it's important for them to continue to build with what they've done uh, previous. And uh, it, it's only got to be positive, positive signs for this, this coaching staff at USC, uh, the fans uh, of the USC Trojans on, on what, what transpired uh, last Saturday night and how they, they thoroughly dominated Stanford in the second second half. They they held them to zero points essentially in the second half, and uh, ran away with the football game, beating them by 25 points. So this is a big opportunity for them uh, to go on the road. ABC is going to carry the game. You know, I think that's that's big. Uh, it's going to be in a prime time window for everybody to see USC, and and away we go. Is USC for real? Are they capable of of what people would consider back? They're in the top 25. For the first time in a long time, um, I, I'm excited to see if they can continue with it because I want to jump all in on this team. I do. I just need to see more of it, uh, and, and I'll and I'll reserve my right to to place them in the top 25 after they've done a few more things over the next four weeks. Yeah, check out Ryan Leaf's top 25, the unofficial official top 25 rankings. Um, let's move to the real early game, Colorado Air Force. You talked about it earlier. The military army teams are brutal to play against. Colorado won by the skin of their teeth last week, down 17-0 to Nebraska. Came back, won. Montez looked phenomenal. Uh, he's now with 607 passing yards and four touchdowns, which is a really fast start for somebody who thinks that he can run outside the pocket and, and, and can as well as he thinks. But is this a trap game for Colorado? Yeah, it's definitely a trap game. You know, a- anytime you play a military school or a military academy, it's, it's a trap game because you're going to get just an unbelievable effort, right? We saw it with Army last week against Michigan. Uh, we saw it with Army a year ago against Oklahoma. We see Air Force do it all the time. Now, Air Force has been down a little bit, but this will only be their second game. Early kickoff, right? 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Um, uh, 10 a.m. Pacific, you know, so it, it, Pac-12 network. Um, we'll see how they – we'll see how Colorado does with that momentum, right? They didn't have any of it until about midway through the third quarter, and then all of a sudden an avalanche of 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 – Offensive performance, defensive stops. This is a great opportunity for them to get to three and zero before the conference season starts, and they they go down to Arizona State in Week Four. So this is a big game for them to, to stabilize, make sure they are focused on what they need to do, and not and, and and not be about what they did last week. Because I'm I'm still going to say to everybody out there, don't you know, don't don't think that Nebraska win is is super great. I don't know. I don't think that much of Nebraska. I think they're going to struggle this year. I think they're going to be a middle of the road, big 10 team. Um, so at the end of the year, it won't necessarily look as big, but it's huge for that program and Mel Tucker in year one. Yeah. Air Force's one win came against Colgate and FCS school from out in New York. They won that one pretty handily 56 to seven. We'll see um, how they do in Boulder. 
All right, Stanford, UCF. I was on the UCF bandwagon when they blasphemed and uh, claimed national championship, um, and now they have perhaps their... How, 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 are you, how, are you, how are you on their Because bandwagon? I went if on this rant. Them, if you put, if, <laughs> no, if you put them in the SEC, they of don't course. win eight games. They don't win maybe seven games. That's, that's, where, that's my judgment for this stuff. You can't judge them outside of the Power Five conference because they don't play the same side of schedule. But here, as you're about to talk about, this is their opportunity to play a respectable right. Power Five opponent in Stanford traveling out to Central Florida. Yeah, I mean, in the moment, in the moment, I was the UCF bandwagoner just because going undefeated <laughs> is cool, you know. But I think that when you commit blasphemy against Nick Saban in Alabama, bad things happen. So I have now moved off of that bandwagon, um, and, and, I, and Stanford <laughs> needs to win this game. So UCF, Dylan Gabriel is their quarterback, and they have uh, a really good receiver in Gabriel Davis. Other than that, their defense is, is fine. But like you said, this is a big opportunity for UCF. I think this is a bigger opportunity for Stanford to get back on track. We'll see if Costello can, will play. I assume that he would because he was under concussion protocol, and typically that doesn't take more than a week, a week and a half. But regardless, this is a game they need to win for themselves, for the conference. How do you see on the outlook of this game? Yeah, and it's really important for them to, to bounce back. But, you know, this is, this is a brutal early schedule, right? They have to go all the way across the country and play a UCF team that's only lost one game. Uh, in the last two years, and one that has a chip on their shoulder about the respectability that they get outside of of their conference. And this is a huge opportunity. I want uh, Dusty Dvorak's on the call this week. Um, Really excited to talk to him uh, and and hear his little uh, input on it um, down the line. But also for me, this plays into the conference a lot, not only the national narrative, but then Stanford's got a probably play a very physical football game and then turn around, come back and host an Oregon football team. That's going to come, you know, with, with all barrels, you know, both barrels barreled at them uh, moving forward. So this is a big game for this team in terms of what I think the rest of the season is going to look like. If KJ Costello is back. That's a different ball club. Um, losing Walker little uh, as the left tackle is yeah. huge. A freshman in there protecting your blind side is a big, big loss uh, and you know starting a, a quarterback that never started before against the USC was was a difficult he played very very well but KJ Costello is the guy he may be the best quarterback in the Pac-12 uh, and not having him in one of the biggest games must have been really really hard for David Shaw hopefully he'll be back and ready to roll against this US UCF opponent uh, down in Florida but it's a long trip three time zones that's always difficult uh, this UCF team and crowd is going to be fired up and, and ready to go. Um, but I, I, I believe if, if I'm going with what I've been saying about UCF for the last three years, um, I have to go with Stanford uh, in this football game. If I don't, it would, it would just fly in the face of everything I've said about UCF uh, the last three years and all the arguments on Twitter I've had with all their fans. <laughs> I want to put a pin in the, the schedule here for just a second. I want to go back to something you just said, because this is a hotly contested topic in the Pac-12. Now, full disclaimer, before we get into it, I'm an Oregon Duck, but I do believe that Justin Herbert is slightly overrated. You made the, the comment that KJ Costello could be the best Pac-12 uh, quarterback. Now, I want to get your take on why you believe that, and if, if Herbert is within that realm, because, again, this is one of those things where a lot of Pac-12 fans, they're in disagreement. The Pacific Northwest, I mean, Eason, they, they love Eason, obviously, but Herbert's more established. 
you get outside of Eugene, and, and it's kind of a 50-50 split on, on uh, Costello versus Herbert. I want to know why you believe Costello's better um, and what your take is on Herbert specifically. Well, I feel like, you know, Costello just – he's been more uh, consistent. Uh, he's been more um, productive. And what I find from Justin Herbert sometimes is that he – he doesn't make the big plays in the big games when they needed to win football games a year ago. They just, they didn't get it done. They, the Stanford game, they probably should, they should have lost the Washington game. They missed the Washington missed the field goal in regulation. That would have won them the football game. That was pretty much a chip shot. Uh, they didn't show up uh, against Wazoo. They didn't show up at Arizona. And then when they had to win the football game at Utah, who was down a quarterback yep. and their star running back, they also couldn't get it done. So I have to see it. The first opportunity we saw a year this year in a game they dominated, similar to the Stanford game a year ago, they found a way to lose that football game. Now, I think a lot of this has to lay on the shoulders of Marcus Arroyo and the play calling. Right. But this also, you have to, find, you know, you have to firmly take a look at Justin Herbert and his, his part in all of this and how he, can, how he can be better down the line. This is a good opportunity for them uh, a couple weeks from now when they go ahead and head against Costello and that Stanford football team looking for revenge of what happened a year ago, but we need to see that because we haven't seen it. We haven't seen big game Justin, uh, and, and that's something we need to see. And I think NFL scouts need to see it too. You know, there's something about his measurables that are always going to stand out for everybody, but there's always got to be something about him going and performing when he needs to in big situations on big time stages. Yeah, Mario Cristobal built an SEC level offensive line. They have a great backfield. CJ Verdell. Now, if you if you're in Eugene, you believe that. Oregon lost to Stanford, not because of Herbert, but because C.J. Verdell fumbled the ball away. But if you actually go back and think and, and watch that game, Oregon should have never been in that position to begin with because, again, Herbert didn't complete the plays that needed to be made for them to win that game prior to Verdell fumbling the ball away. So Ryan's point, I think, is on, on point, for lack of a better term. Um, so now going back to the schedule, I think that that was a really good argument. I'm still 50-50 on whether I believe Costello and Herbert or, or Herbert, um, but I'm leaning more towards Costello just because I've been unimpressed with Herbert uh, thus far into the season. The Nevada game was sort of a, I don't know, I wasn't even that impressed with him in that game. I think Shuck actually looked really good as the backup. Um, but let's move on here. 1 p.m. on Fox, Michigan State, Arizona State. Talked about it before. Arizona State played spoiler last year at home to Michigan State. Now it's an opportunity for Michigan State, uh, a much better front seven, I think, or more established front seven to go against an Arizona State team uh, that has been relying on the run. And they're going to force Jaden Daniels to make passes. And that's going to be perhaps the Achilles heel for Arizona State in this game. I don't necessarily like to... Maybe they got the, the stumble out of the way. Like a year ago, beat Michigan State and then go and lose to San Diego State. Maybe they just kind of... where They were looking ahead to Michigan State. They, they thought they could walk through Sacramento State and it was a short week and uh, in terms of preparation... Uh, but they were focusing on this Michigan State game. Now, this is going to be welcome to Power 5 football, Jaden Daniels, this weekend. They're going to oh, go yeah. to East Lansing. They're going to go up against a, a Michigan State team that I think is pretty darn good defensively. Offensively, the Lewerke in that offense has, has gotten better. We, we're really seeing that Lewerke was, was just beat up a year ago, and uh, he, he's, he's, he's full go right now. This is going to be a game that, that, that will define, I think, Arizona State. In uh, what Herm Edwards does, he did something a year ago where he turned it into an ugly NFL-type game and limited possessions, uh, one on a field goal late. Now, if he can do something like that, I could see Arizona State being in the ballgame. They, they can't turn the football over. they got to rely on Eno Benjamin, who 
hasn't been the dynamic back. I think a lot of people assumed he was going to be. He's made a couple big plays in the passing game. But in rushing game, not as much as he was a year ago. So I think those two storylines are going to be huge. Uh, we'll see what happens there. I just I don't know if they have the firepower uh, to get it done uh, in Big Ten land. I hope so. It's going to be a huge opportunity for the conference if they're able to win a couple of games like these, a UCF win, a uh, Michigan State win. It would do it would do numbers, unbelievable numbers for this conference in terms of what other people thought of the Pac-12. I don't think it'll be impossible, but I don't know if they have what it takes uh, to get it done in East Lansing. It's possible, but improbable. Um, but another big game to watch in the upcoming week three for the Pac-12. All right, Utah-Idaho State. We don't have to go too much into this, but Zach Moss, I think he's going to rush for 200 yards. I know Idaho State's an FCS team out of the big sky. I know we talked in our last podcast, it doesn't matter how you win, a win's a win, a loss is a loss. But I think Utah needs to feel... Um, confident going to play USC the following week, and to do that, you have to blow Idaho State out the water. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you do, but I, 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 to be honest, if I'm if I'm Kyle Whittingham with a short week uh, and USC on the docket on a Friday night, you know, if they win this game by seven points, ten points, fourteen points, with you playing most of your second right. string and third string guys, I'm okay with that. Right? You rest Zach Moss. You rest Tyler Huntley. I get you get some reps in there and you get the, the sweat and, the, and you get some things going. But, but guess what? You get an opportunity to, to put yourself in a position to be as ready as possible when you travel out to Southern California and battle those Trojans. So I'm not really so interested in this game telling me something bigger than, than what it is. It's an FCS opponent, period. Just win the football game. It, when- <laughs> it, I don't care how you win it. Just, just win it. That's the motto. All right, Cal, North Texas. Mason Fine is a really good quarterback. Does North Texas go into Berkeley and squeak out a win because of their offensive firepower? <laughs> well, I think they're going to be, you know, they'll, they'll be competitive. I mean, but they're about, to, they're about to go against the best, I think, secondary in the country maybe in, in what Cal brings to the table. So, um, now, I know Justin Wilcox, and he's, his team's not going to be overconfident. They're not going to be looking past this team after a big win against UW. I think they handle North Texas fine. That really opens up the opportunity a week from now to play uh, Ole Miss and go to Oxford and see if they can be a 4-0 football team. Of course, Mason Fine, the product of now USC offensive coordinator Graham Harrell. Um, And I think that's another reason why Keaton Slovis looks as good as he does. He has a guy who really knows how to work with the quarterback. Uh, Oregon State, Cal Poly. I want to say Oregon State. I'm not confident in saying Oregon State. I know Cal Poly is one of the lower-end Big Sky teams. But Oregon State does this. I and they but they need a win. And if they lose this game, I don't I don't even know anymore. Maybe you just won't talk about Oregon State anymore. Maybe we, we try to trade them to the big sky. <laughs> you know, my, my my power rankings, uh which I'll, I'll I'll rattle off here at the end of the show, um have UCLA lower than Oregon State. So you you're 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 wow. talking about a couple programs right now that need some way to find a win. And guess what? UCLA has Oklahoma this week, so no. <laughs> Oregon State has Cal Poly. So this is a win they need. They played much better. They were in it against a very good Hawaii team. They needed to win that football game, though. They didn't get it done. They now have to come home and battle a Cal Poly team and get a win, feel something positive there up in Corvallis. Uh, offensively, they're a very good football team. Defensively, they need a lot of work, and, and this game is an opportunity for them to, to, to get some of those, those out. Speaking of Hawaii, they're looking to go 3-0 and against the Pac-12 in two weeks. 
Cole McDonald has 799 yards and eight touchdowns against Pac-12 opponents. Washington State's defense looked decent last week against Cal. The offense couldn't get it done. Um, I I don't see Hawaii winning this game, to be completely honest. I think Eason ha- comes back with a vengeance. Coach Peterson probably um, injected some, some life into them, uh, and, and they're going to get a big win here at home against Hawaii. That's my prediction. Yeah, we'll see what we'll, – we'll, we'll see what uh... – We'll see what Washington does in response. Usually Chris Peterson gets his team back, but this is a new team. We don't know how this team deals with adversity. We've seen how his past teams have. We only can assume that his, his current team will deal with adversity in a healthy way. Different than going out to Hawaii than it is to have Hawaii come all the way to you. So I, 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 I think that will be a big difference. I think um, Washington wins this football game. Um, and, and I want to see a solid response from Jacob Eason in this, in this ball club. Yeah, important for the perception of Washington, currently ranked number 23. Oklahoma heads to the Rose Bowl, a Rose Bowl that had the fewest amount of fans last week in 22 years when UCLA lost to San Diego State. Um, I think there might be more Oklahoma fans next week when they play. I'm a little bit worried. I think Jalen Hurts uh, is making a strong case to to be a Heisman finalist, um, both in rushing with 223 yards and three touchdowns on the ground, and obviously in passing 591 yards, six touchdowns. Does UCLA stand remote chance against Oklahoma in this game? Uh, no. Let's move on. <laughs> all right. That's all we need. Uh, Arizona, <laughs> Texas Tech. Uh, sh- <laughs> I think this is, this is a 730 ESPN game. We talked about it in our last podcast. People don't typically watch the Pac-12 um, outside of California, Oregon, Washington, and maybe Arizona. Uh after 7.30, but this is against uh, a Texas Tech team that is 2-0. They're obviously not how they used to be under Kingsbury or with Pat Mahomes, um, but they have a guy in Alan Bowman who can throw the ball. He, he was pretty good last year. He looks even better this year. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of offense, but Arizona needs to come out with this win against a Power 5 opponent. Yeah, they put up a lot of points. They put up 51 points against a FCS opponent in Northern Arizona a week ago, so um, again, want to see Khalil Tate. Uh, keep making movement forward, and it's a, uh, an opportunity here against a Power 5 opponent. It is. It's a Big 12 team. Uh, Texas Tech comes to town. It would be big. These kind of games we talked about cumulatively add up to the national narrative. We continue to lose games like this. We're just not going to be talked about and, and seen as a respectable opponent for anybody else. So they have to win this football game. Uh, Khalil Tate's going to have to be the huge reason because of that. Uh, Kevin Sumlin. Uh, really put together a solid effort against that uh, his counterpart and, and Chris Ball at Northern Arizona uh, on Saturday night, and putting up 65 points. So we'll need to see a, a similar outing there. Um, but I'm going to go with Arizona. I think that uh, at home they have the best chance to get it done. Uh, if they don't, um, then then Arizona's in for a, for a heap of trouble this season. I think. I don't think there's a lot to talk about with this one. Oregon, Montana. Oregon's probably going to win in Eugene. They're probably going to win big. Um, and Herbie Heisman is going to continue on that campaign trail. For better or for worse, whether you believe he deserves it or not, uh, Oregon fans will remain adamant. you have any thoughts on this game before we get to your top 25? Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a local team I grew up with in the University of Montana. You know, I, I, I don't believe these FCS opponents uh, – need to be scheduled anymore. This, this might be my biggest rant about that. Just, I, I don't, I don't want to watch them. I don't, I, I won't turn on and watch Oregon play just because of Justin Herbert against them. I want to see good football games. I want to see Auburn, Oregon every week. I want to see those types of football games. I don't want to see uh, Washington state, Northern Colorado. I don't want to see Alabama, uh, New Mexico state, right? 
Right. I don't want to see Clemson and Charlotte. I, I don't want to see those games. I won't watch them. I want to see good football games. Um, having said all that, Oregon dominates, gets ready for the big matchup at Stanford a week, a week from now. All right, so the big takeaways for this week from you, Ryan Leaf, and then let's get to your top 25 and wrap, wrap this up. Well, the biggest takeaway for me is that is this, the national conversation is, is going to be had this week, and whether the Pac-12 stands up and makes their statement loud and clear, or they don't, and we go kind of back into hibernation until around Pac-12 championship time when people start discussing the conference a little bit again, and like, oh, well, who's going to go to the Rose Bowl and lose to Ohio State or whoever in that, in, in, in that conversation? The huge weekend for me, um, which leads me to my power rankings for the week uh, leading into week three. Uh, there's been a, a little bit of shakeup from last week. Uh, Utah is in at number one. Uh, Washington State is in at number two. Oregon at number three. Cal at number four. USC at number five. University of Washington falls to number six. They were my number one power ranking team a week ago. They made a dramatic fall after their loss to Cal. Arizona State at number seven, Colorado at number eight, Stanford at number nine, Arizona at 10, Oregon State at 11, and bringing up the rear, Chip Kelly's lowly Bruins, who now have to battle um, my number four team in the country, or my number three team in the country, Oklahoma, in the Rose Bowl on Saturday. Good luck to the Pac-12 Conference this weekend. They need it. They need it for the national conversation and the respectability. I wish them the best of luck. Those are Ryan's rankings. Those are big. Pay attention, folks, because every week you're going to get a little something different. Well, that's going to do it for us. Week three of Pac-12 football set to go with Washington State Houston at 6.15 on Friday and then some big games all throughout Saturday. Make sure you pay attention because, as Ryan said, the national conversation will be had after this week for better or for worse. For everybody who made our podcast possible, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Ryan, thank you so much. Where are you going to be out this week? Uh, I will be in College Station for Texas A&M and Lamar. Uh, a little SEC action. See if those Aggies can bounce back after the disappointing loss to the number one ranked Clemson Tigers a week ago in Death Valley. Catch Ryan Leaf on that broadcast. He's Ryan Leaf. I'm Jonathan Rifkin. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week for two big episodes recapping week three and getting you set for week four of Pac-12 football. This has been Believe in the Pac-12 on the Believe Podcasting Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.